Hello, lovely listener. It is Celia, host of Love Waits for You. Hopefully, the sound quality is decent today. I have found the trick that without the expensive audio equipment doing <laughs> my podcast in my closet at home, surrounded by clothes, um, I have like a little desk and little podcast studio set up in there. I feel like that has um, really worked out well. My husband's an audiologist. So he like studied the science of like hearing and I actually did this on my own. It just like, I kind of just felt led to do the first one there. It was just like a comfortable space. And then I realized how good the quality was. And my husband was just like, well, you know, that makes sense because of yada, 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 the things that I don't know how to share with you right now. But, um, so anyway, I'm in the, I'm in the closet of the hotel and there are not clothes surrounding me. There is like one robe. And, uh, but anyway, it's better than being in the area where my family is. My little boys are a little loud right now. They've had some sugar. So just to catch you up on the past week, uh, since our last chat, I have, oh, and if this is your first time joining me, if you're here um, for your own self-worth and journey healing, I do suggest going back and listening to episodes one through nine. You don't have to listen to all the other ones. But if you can at least listen to episodes one through nine, because you can hear how I started and then now see how it's going. And you can hear my voice, how much stronger and confident it is. And all that is a byproduct and end result of healing. And you can also see what it looks like to heal because I processed my trauma on the um, podcast like not just like I'm doing now on TEDx stages and on the media like that's processing my trauma but remaining in control Um, the episodes one through nine there was I just really want you all to see if this is the beginning of your journey so you know like what to expect and so you know you're not crazy. So you can see what's on the other side of it to make it more, I guess you could say, inviting to feel those feelings. Like this is an invitation to heal. And I just want you to know that it can feel scary. It can look scary because you're not used to seeing it. It's not something we necessarily show or talk about. And um, that's kind of like, I guess the mission I've been led to do is to expose it so more people like aren't afraid of it anyway so all I know is um I (laughs) I flew to New York City by myself last Wednesday today is Tuesday January 29th no 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 oh my gosh this is hilarious I told my husband I was like I'm gonna go record my podcast because you know I've got to have it out today it's Tuesday today's not Tuesday today's Monday today's Monday January 29th but I'll have this Locked and ready to go a day early, as this will air Wednesdays weekly at midnight. But um, last Wednesday, I had flown out to New York City by myself. That was a little just like, oh my gosh, I'm so much better traveling with my husband. Some of you guys probably are you're that person for your husband. Like, you're the more organized one. I'm not the more organized one in the relationship. And he always stresses me out when we travel together because he's really bossy and he gets really frustrated with me. But this last time, having so much luggage to carry, so much to keep up with, 
I kind of realized how I do take him for granted because listen to what I did. So the first two nights I'm staying in the Bronx at a hotel, which is near my rehearsals at the university on that Wednesday and Thursday. And it's also near the event that I have on Friday. So Friday I have a podcast that I'm a guest on, a podcast show, and then I am doing a meet and greet at this um, community center and sharing my story and donate a couple of copies of my book. And then from there, I go to this women's center, which of course is the highlight of my day, you know, doing my lead with love workshop because I'm in the company of people that truly appreciate what I'm doing. And it's like, I'm going back for them. Like I've been them. I've never been in a women's home. But you don't just you don't just get free from like I'm talking the depths of hell and then just the rest of your life pretend like it didn't happen. So I share my story and I get raw and I get real. And I'm also, I'm also healing in the deepest, most beautiful way because I'm doing it. So it's serving at minimum, like a dual purpose. Um, I haven't had a moment to like process or not process to What is it my brother-in-law said? I haven't had a safe place to land yet because Friday I shared my story twice. Friday night my family came in and that was like an instant dopamine hit, you know. I also worked out Friday. And then um, Saturday we got to spend time with my brother. We went to see the Statue of Liberty. My brother that um, I lived with for some of the years of my life. None of my siblings have I like lived with full time forever growing up. So it's very, and some of the siblings haven't even met. It's like really weird. If people try to keep up with me, they're gonna, you're just not going to. So the best thing you can do is just take, take me in a piece at a time. Cause it's, it's confusing. You know, yeah, I have siblings that have never even met, but um, so this sibling I did live with for more than just like a few months of my life. Um, well, my other brothers, I would visit during the summer. So I'd have every summer with them spring breaks. And I did live with them two different times for, um, like six months in second grade and 10th grade. So that's a total of a year plus, you know, all the summers add up. But my brother that lives in New York City, we, like, we lived together um, during some, some of the adverse childhood experiences I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago, or I didn't tell you what they were, but some of those we experienced together. So in a way, I guess you could say we trauma bonded, you know, they talk about trauma bond where you've had similar traumas and then you find, you know, in that relationship, it kind of like draws you together. Well, Josh and I have experienced and Carrie, but she was a little bit younger than us. But, like, we've straight up, like, we're traumatized at the same time from the same things. 
<laughs> so we're just, we're close. Um, you know, one of my other brothers, like, he's inspired me since I'm just like all in my feels today. Um, one of my other brothers who has like deeply inspired me because he's got a really good heart. had a less traumatized life yes he's had trauma too and I you know maybe he doesn't realize it and I know he has an adulthood but like I can name it like I know the ways in which he you know we've all experienced trauma that's the thing 70% of us have admitted to it and like that's just who's admitted to it and um I'm going to tell you what the secret of healing because I'm realized like I opened myself up and I'm sharing all this and people are now going to look to me to be like okay well you you share with us that trauma is at the root well how do we heal the trauma you name it that's it it's that simple and that's sometimes the hardest thing I was 37 years old in episode nine before I could say out loud that I'd been sexually abused. I didn't want. I was so ashamed of it. I didn't want to admit that to myself. What's so crazy is that was at the root of everything that I'd ever done to myself. Any of the drugs I'd ever done in every way in which I ran, that is what I was running from. And then once I was able to just face it, name it, then go advocate as a mother would towards that little girl that didn't have anybody advocate for her and then go tell on that man even though you know you're filing a police report but they can't do anything 30 years later or not 30 years later what was it 20 years later it still felt like i did it was it still felt like something like it was like such a in some ways you could say you know that was a hard time in my life it so was. It was beautiful because it was so memorable. And it's <laughs> like my life is like an art. Um, I'm literally just going to make it all beautiful and worthwhile. So today was the talk, the, t the lead of my love talk on TED talk on the TEDx stage of University of Mount St. Vincent and of course I've rehearsed I've rehearsed and you know of course my biggest fear is crying on stage or messing up but I didn't mess up and I didn't cry it was like flawless it was flawless for what I have in me for what I prepared and what I wanted it to be it was exactly that and that is everything that I could ever hope for or dream of, or like wish, I even was able to look at my husband a couple times because I told myself I wasn't going to look in their direction because I would cry, but I was even able to glance over there and make eye contact a couple times and my husband's eyes watered a little bit, but he even held it together. We both, we both held it together. I had a lady in the audience that was crying a little bit, wiping away tears, and like I still stayed in control, whereas there's a part of me that, like, when I see people cry, like, I can just, 
like not have this wall up like it just makes me cry like it's just I don't know how I was able to do it but I was so I held it together um I delivered it like as smooth as I've ever practiced it and um you know, to be honest, it probably was the smoothest delivery of my life because it's always I find like something little thing I could critique during my own personal rehearsals. So, yeah, did that. The only like negative is that it wasn't live streamed and it was supposed to be. So I shared the link online and if you follow me and you wanted to watch it, it wasn't available. So what we got to do is just there was one person there that took a little video and tagged me um i shared that and that was at the end of it whenever i shared my poem um my no more walls poem and then um eventually hopefully the way it works is ted is going to review because this was this university's first tedx event so and in every case ted reviews the footage like they get all the videos and as long as it, you know, meets certain criteria, which it does, then they will upload it to their YouTube. So there's not supposed to be any question on the video getting to YouTube, but they could also release us the video before then because it takes like two months for it to get posted to YouTube. Um, and I don't know like how it works. I apologize, my phone, I was getting a beep, and um, I hadn't turned it on, do not disturb. So, okay, there was a couple people, things to note after the talk today. They were like, a few people, you were like, oh my gosh, like you nailed it. Of course, my husband, hard sell, but he said, you know, I did amazing. And then afterwards, Preston was like, you did great. And I'm like, how would you know? You like did look up from your phone, because that was just like the one way we knew we could contain them, is just to let them have the phones on silent. Because, I mean, it's an 18-minute long talk. I'm not expecting my four-year-olds to want to stay engaged with my content. Um, but uh, but they said, yeah, you, like, nailed it. And they were, like, saying that we can, uh, that a couple people were saying, yeah, we can tell that she's in pageants because of how well she did. And I said, you know, that's really great to hear. And my husband was standing right there. I was like, because, you know, pageants are kind of expensive. And, um... <laughs> So it's like really good for my husband to hear because I told him, you know, that this did not feel intimidating because of the pressure I've been under, you know, performing or participating, competing, you know, in a pageant. You know, we ha especially with international pageant system, we have to speak on stage for 30 seconds for a platform pitch. I remember not a year ago, what was it, six months ago? I remember, like, it was two days before the pageant, and I remember recording a podcast episode. Well, it would have been on a Tuesday night, so it was three days before, because prelims are on a Friday, and then the finals are on a Saturday, and I remember I was, like, praying for a quantum leap, um, meaning it's like a miracle, because it's like, you've not ever done this before. You're Currently, you don't have what it takes to do it, or you don't feel that you have it, but I believe in quantum leaps. I believe in praying and manifesting basically making like I believe like showing showing out doing what you're not capable of doing I believe in like that can happen and it was crazy because yes I did quantum leap I went from never speaking in public besides one time um on stage 
at Mrs. Tennessee America where I broke down crying and it was like during the onstage question and then I had at that point done a couple workshops where I stood in front of people and I had done sales meetings um where I stood in front of realtors so all that was you know stepping stones but this whole like international pageant system where you have to stand on stage and talk for 30 seconds and then answer a follow-up question for 30 seconds that was just like brought a whole new side of me out and um like the speaker side and I didn't like it wasn't in me I'd never done it and I was like I've got to got to pull it out you know by this Friday or Saturday which is whenever if you're announced as top 15 you're you have the opportunity opportunity to do that and I was so um after the pageant and I don't know if there's any uh, if this is a coincidence or if it's related or not, but I kind of think it is because if you go and Google right now, I'm not going to make a podcast episode on it. Um, but if you were to, sorry for any background noise right now. Um, but if you were to Google quantum leap, energetically, spiritually, what it does. Okay. From my experience, you go from like never doing something before or not feeling like you have it in you to do it to putting your mind towards it. You're going to do it. And then just energetically pulling it out of you. And then it's like your body. First of all, after a pageant, when you've been on for a whole week, everybody like kind of like recovers. It's almost like a, they call it the pageant hangover. Um, it's almost like a little bit of like a depression too. If you've put your hopes into a particular outcome or result. You know, my brother who plays for the NFL, he said, my other brother, not the one that lives in New York City, he said that, um, you know, he prays for, he no longer prays for results. He plays for, prays for opportunities. And I'm like, I'm going to use that. And I'm applying that to pageantry. You know, I'm not praying for a particular outcome. Yes, I'm going to embody Mrs. International until I compete for Mrs. International because that's, you know, I don't know any other way. Like I just, at least not at this level of my evolution and, and the things that I know, but, um, rather than be like, you know, it has to be this way or nothing else. I know that there is so much more that can come out of these pageants and these experiences than a particular outcome. You know, you can look at the fact that I just can like shared my story on a TEDx stage, which is People, like, fear doing that, but this opportunity arose for me putting myself out there, and I feel like it was a stepping stone, the pageant that I had done a year ago, or in July of 2023, was a stepping stone to this, because I was not fearful of this, because I'm like, I've already done this, I've already done this, it was just, you know, a 30-second version, as opposed to, like, 18-minute, but with me in my situation, you know, I already had this book proposal written. So all I did was basically, you know, take portions from that, you know, I, you know, put it together like a puzzle piece, like little areas and made it flow. But that's how I created my talk. So it wasn't like everything was already set up for it. And my post that I had today was basically saying, you know, you know, I've, poured my heart out, planted the seeds, and now I'm just going to be an, an observer. I've done the work to put it out, and then now it's like I get to receive whatever's meant to be. I'm just, <laughs> it 
It's a wild and crazy ride because literally two months ago wasn't on my radar to do a TED Talk and then now it's already happened. And so it's just, let's just see what comes next. And I hope I encourage you to also live that way. Like, why should you not live that way? Like, yes, I know why. Because you have that crazy voice that also comes up for me. That's like, this is crazy. Or she's not the crazy voice. She's more like the the logical one. The one that's trying to keep you safe and not like, and doesn't want you to get hurt. Who says, you know, this is a really crazy idea. You're like, this is like, no one's going to go for this. You have this idea. No one's going to like support this or be there for this or think this is a good idea. And then you go and you put yourself out there and just ignore her. And then people are like, this is a great idea. This is totally, you know, because I shared my talk on Saturday to that group. I said, I'm going to share the talk. I didn't share the poem with it. But um, just to kind of like share my story. And, you know, it really touched one of the people that were there. It's like, oh, if I listened to that girl, which is just a younger part of myself, just trying to keep me safe and keep me from getting hurt and keeping me, quite honestly, she's trying to shelter me from rejection. But guess what? I can handle it. Like, we think we can't handle it, but we can. And that's one thing about women that have competed in pageants. We know, especially if we've come back. Because there's women that have competed in a pageant, didn't win, and have not come back and won't come back. Because you face your demons. And your demons are, could be, rejection. Very sensitive to rejection. Feeling like you are unworthy. And if they don't tell you you're worthy, then it's going to make you feel like way worse. But... If you use it to let it show that, show those things you need to work on, show those flaws, feel those emotions, don't run from it, don't self-medicate, and actually, like, heal. Like, think of it from a place of, like, I'm going to heal whatever is coming up. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to face it, and I'm going to name it. Then I think it can be a beautiful experience. Otherwise, I wouldn't want to, um, you know, recommend it. I definitely think... It needs to be something people are called to because it's it's a spiritual thing. Like, everything is spiritual to me. This event today was, beauty pageants are, like, everything. <laughs> You're sitting here thinking, you know, whatever. Well, this beauty pageant's what led me to something today that there's no telling where it can lead once this thing is posted online. No, it may not go viral, but what if it does? Who knows, like, what doors can open from this? And that's why you got to go into every little thing that you do by thinking, what next big thing is this going to lead me to? Anyway, I hope this has been inspiring. I will chat with you again next week. Sorry for getting a little emotional. I think I got some more in me that I got to get out. It's just held it in all week and it's not even been like I've needed to. I've just known there's going to be a time and a place for it. And it wasn't until after I got everything I had to do done. And now I rest easy. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next week.